This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hope and Health. I'm Dr. Michelle. I'm Dr. Mark, and they like to call us, some do, Eminem. Without the sugar. Only a special kind of sugar. That kind of sugar. We always want to do that, right? Um, We are excited to get the opportunity to speak into your lives as always and appreciate that. We don't take it for granted. We put a lot of information, a lot of thought, and a lot of planning into these episodes. So we hope you get as much out of them as we do. <laughs> we learn a lot, I guess. So it's been a learning experience with life series, hasn't it? It has been. You know, you can't um, change what you don't know. Yep. So the more you know about this physical body that's called an organism, the better you can take care of it. So that's been our goal is to take you all the way down to the cellular level, then build to the tissue level, then into muscular to go into all the tissues so that we can eventually build an organ and an organ system, and then an organism, which is you and I. And we have been talking about tissue. And we've been talking about these things called connective tissues. And last time we left off, we talked about adipose tissue, um, soft or loose and dense connective mm-hmm. tissues. We talked about um, blood being a connective tissue. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And blood is a connective <laughs> tissue cells and the white cells. Yep. They all um, come from a progenitor cell in the bone marrow. Oh, it's totally cool. Well, bottom line is everything comes from a cell and a cell is the smallest living organism that can live by itself. It's got a unit of life. You know, it's got a, a brain, if you will, kind of like a nucleus and it's got a power source, the mitochondria, and it has this body, you know, it's developed it's in like this membrane. Yeah, kind of cool. It's a fascinating how life works, you know, and for us to believe that that just kind of evolved over time without the help of a supernatural mind uh, of a creator. I mean, we're just being pretty stupid, frankly. <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of faith to believe that, right? It takes more faith to believe that, as I've used this story before, two rocks slammed together, created a cell. The cell was swimming around the ocean for a while, and it's water that was just happened to be there, by the way. And just eventually, this cell kind of decided one day it was going to get some fins, you know, right? And it said, decided I want some fins because I want to be able to swim faster. I just want to float. So then I decided I'm not happy in the water. I want to get up on the bank and I want to get me some legs. So I just need some oh, legs on legs. land. Yeah, just happened head. to be there, right? And then the the the, bug, the thing that's now walking around with legs decided to actually, well, I want to stand upright eventually. So I'm tired of looking down here at the weeds. And I don't know where the weeds come from, but they're there anyway. And so I want to be to stand upright. And so... Because I'm all hairy and, and now I happen to be a, an ape, I'm going to climb the tree just because the tree is there. Who knows where the tree comes from at the same time, but it's there nonetheless. So I decided to climb the tree. And then at that point, I get tired of being hairy and in a tree. And I decided to shave, uh, get a razor from your neighborhood, CBS, CBS, that you don't know where that came from either. Decided to shave my back, shave my face, shave my arms and my toes and climb out of the tree, get a lunch pail and go to work. Well, that's quite a story. That's the story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so <laughs> the bottom line is it is pretty far effect wow. to believe that, isn't it? So we want to really begin our idea and our concept of, of you know, this idea from, um, you know, uh, 
what we're doing right now from really understanding the cells and really understanding what they do. And, and we'll kind of begin right here with this idea. Remember, we talked about this last time, this idea of, of bone. And uh, bone was uh, fascinating because we had the osteoblastic and osteoclastic, right? Too many osteoclasts compared to osteoblasts is what condition? Osteopenia or osteoporosis, which is a severe form of bone disease. Yep. And so from a connective tissue standpoint, we will go from bone all the way over here to muscle, where we see three types of muscle, skeletal, smooth, and cardiac muscle. And we'll spend some time talking about each during this episode. All right. Uh, take a look at that slide. Just, just for your information, muscle tissue is composed of cells that have a very special ability to shorten or contract in order to produce movement of body parts. And the tissue is highly cellular, meaning it contains a lot of cells, and it's supplied very well with blood vessels. Now, the cells are long and they're slender, and oftentimes they're called muscle fibers. And these are usually arranged in bundles or layers that are surrounded by that connective tissue that we've talked about. Uh, you should be familiar with this from our last episode of connective tissues. Actin and myosin are the contractile proteins of muscle tissue. Now, integrated actions occur at joints uh, with the bones and the skeletal muscles to produce obvious movements such as walking, running. These are properties of muscle. Skeletal muscles also produce more subtle movements that result in various, like facial expressions, eye movements, digestive processes, and respiration. Now, in addition to movement, muscle contractions also fulfill some other very important muscle uh, functions in your body, such as joint stability and even heat production. Posture, such as sitting and standing, is maintained as a result of muscle contraction. Now, the skeletal muscles are continually making fine adjustments that hold your body in stationary positions. The tendons of many muscles extend over the joints, and in this way, they contribute to a form of joint stability. This is particularly evident around areas of the knees and your shoulder joints, where muscle tendons are a major factor in stabilizing the joint. The heat production to maintain your body temperature is an important byproduct of muscle metabolism. Now, nearly 85% of the heat produced in your body is a result of muscle contraction. So remember, we talked about a non-exercise-induced thermogenesis, where that's just your body at rest. Now, when you actually move your muscles, you're actually going to produce even more heat. So therefore, exercise does indeed do a lot of good. So those, just a brief intro to those three different um, types. Of muscle, yeah. right? And specifically, there's skeletal muscle, there's smooth muscle, and cardiac muscle. And we're going to go through each specific type of muscle, the location, the types of cells, and the histology. There you go. You see the three types there, skeletal, smooth, and cardiac, right? And so... Just very briefly, just kind of talk, sweetheart, about just a super brief explanation of the skeletal, smooth, and cardiac muscles. Well, skeletal muscles, which we just talked about, pick yeah, it helps you pick up your laundry, it helps you get dressed, and it aids with our activities of daily living. 
The smooth muscles, this is the type that lines your organs and organ systems. For example, the smooth muscle lines digestive systems, and it allows for that action, peristalsis, which actually helps move food from the oral cavity towards the exit into your plumbing, also known as the toilet. The cardiac muscle, this type of muscle performs uh, a pumping action. It sits right in the center of your chest, and it's also known as your heart muscle a very specialized, highly integrated type of muscle. So those are the three types of muscles we have. And obviously we're gonna talk about, first of all, this thing called skeletal muscle. And you know, the skeletal muscle is one of these things that certainly uh, kind of freaks people out a little bit because we carry a lot of skeletal muscle. Why do we carry skeletal muscle? Because it actually helps move bones. Imagine that. So well, and muscle is agility. Awesome muscle is frailty, and frailty is a disease. And the less we move, the closer we are to rigor mortis. So you got to maintain muscle tissue. This is especially important as we age because we actually lose about a half a pound of lean muscle tissue every year from about the age of 25 going forward. Did you know that that correlates well with about a half a percent loss in your metabolism? What you just talked about was very important because you talked about the heat or this thermogenesis. 85% of our body heat or thermogenic activity is driven by muscle movement. So pretty cool. So we want to think about this when we think about the idea of muscles. So the more you move, the better you are. The more you move, the more you live. And the more you move, the more heat you could generate, which is a good thing. So let's kind of dive into these idea of muscles and start off with this thing we call skeletal muscle. So skeletal muscle is striated when you look at it under a microscope. The slide that you see there is looking at a bicep muscle. Now the muscles uh, the muscle fibers are straight in vertical bands. The horizontal striations, there's lighter and darker bands that are visible result from the differences in the composition and the density along the fibers within the cell. The cigar-like dark patches that you actually see there beside the myofibers, that's actually the muscle cell nuclei. Remember, that's where the DNA of the cell lives. Skeletal muscle fibers are cylindrical, cylindrical in nature. They're multinucleated. They're striated. Those are the stripes that you see. And they are contractile in nature. And they're under voluntary control, meaning that you actually have conscious control of the actions of those muscles, unlike smooth muscles that you don't have direct conscious control over. They're actually called involuntary muscle and cardiac muscle is different. It's also not under voluntary control. Well, obviously when you think of all these muscles, there's ones that actually require your thought process or your initial like I, I wanna raise my arm up. That's what my brain, it sends a signal down the nerves all the way to the, the muscles so the muscles will respond. And then there's things that happen just breathing. I mean, think about that. We don't think about that or the heart pumping. We don't think about that. It's what we do. So um, as we talk about these different muscle tissues, we want you to like, think about these as well. So you can maybe take a during we take our little commercial break here, a little message break, you can actually get up and move. So see if you can get up right now and think about your decision to get up as a voluntary skeletal muscle movement, and then think about your heart and your breathing and your eyes blinking and all that as a involuntary. So 
Keep those thoughts alive and stay right with us. We'll be right back. This is absolutely not protein powder. This is Kingdom Fuel. Our complete nutritional shake mix. Kingdom Fuel provides a full spectrum of vitamins, minerals, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats to fuel your body, your life, so that you can enjoy health and peace of mind. Hi friends, Dr. Mark Sherwood here. And I'm Dr. Michelle Sherwood. Not everyone can make an appointment with us, but you can receive many of the same educational benefits our patients receive through our most comprehensive course, Health Secrets Exposed. Modern healthcare, or should we say sick care, is more focused on profit than your health. And in this course, you'll discover what sick care has been keeping from you all along. Here's a hint. You don't need more medication. You need the simple truths in this course to unlock optimal health. Health Secrets Exposed is usually $149. Now it's just $99 with your promo code. It's time for you to learn what Big Pharma doesn't want you to know. Go to Sherwood.tv now and use promo code HOPEHEALTH to receive this exclusive offer. We're back. We're back. Thank you so much for joining us. We're talking about this idea of skeletal muscle. Uh, we've been talking about these connective tissues, and now we're getting into the muscle tissues, and there's three, uh, skeletal, smooth, and cardiac, and we just kind of began our discussion on the idea of, of a skeletal muscle. So we're going to continue that right now because that's just an amazing topic of discussion. And so uh, let's jump right back into where we were, shall we? We shall. So as we talk about skeletal muscle under microscopic view, skeletal muscle is broadly classified into two types of fibers. Type one is slow twitch and type two is fast twitch muscle. Type one slow twitch, slow oxidative or red muscle is very dense with capillaries. That's a blood supply. And it's also very rich in mitochondria and a muscle protein called myoglobin, giving the muscle tissue its characteristic red color. It can carry more oxygen and sustain aerobic types of activity. So let's think about that for a moment. More type one, more aerobic potential, more carrying of oxygen. So that would be um, sort of the muscle that's mainly used when you have aerobic type activity, like a long jog or maybe a long bike ride. Type two or fast twitch muscle has three major kinds that are in order of increasing contractile speed. Type 2A, which is like slow muscle, is aerobic. It's rich in mitochondria, so lots of energy, and capillaries, blood supply, and appears red when it's deoxygenated, meaning that they lose, they do lose their oxygen. Type 2B, which is less dense in mitochondria and myoglobin, this is the fastest muscle type in humans. It can contract more quickly and with a greater amount of force than oxidative muscle, but can sustain only short anaerobic bursts of activity before muscle contraction becomes painful, often incorrectly attributed to the buildup of what's called lactic acid. It's not able to go through that whole transformation to produce energy as the end product. 
So this is the major fast twist muscle type explaining the pale color of their flesh. Type 2X fibers primarily use anaerobic glycolysis as their ATP source. They're white and pale fibers in nature. They have a very large diameter and possess high amounts of glycogen, which is actually used in glycolysis to make ATP quickly to produce a high level of tension. So type 2 fibers are used for very short duration, high intensity bursts of power, such as maximal or near maximal lifts or short sprints. And your body will use type 1 muscle fibers, also known as slow-twitch muscle fibers, during a prolonged, slow, steady state of exercise that requires endurance, like a 10K run or a long, leisurely bike ride. And so a good way to remember this is type 1, type 2, sort of short repetition weight training or something like that. Type 2X? That's going to be a little bit with type two X. Yeah. I'll mix kind of between the type one and type two. So, you know, most people are born with a preference of type one or type two and uh, not, not everybody, but there are people out there that sort of have the, um, I don't know, maybe they have a tendency. They don't look like a runner, but they can, they can go out and run a 5k without even working at it. And there's people that don't look like a weightlifter, but can go in a gym and pick up 300 pounds. And there's people that sort of can do both which is kind of a rare thing. And there's people extraordinarily strong that have an inordinate amount of maybe type two fibers, or maybe some people have an extraordinary amount of ability to run a distance, you know, a lot of type one. So we're all made differently. And of course, um, genes determining most of that, you can train and you can get some transition of type one to type two or type, one, type two to type one. But generally speaking, we have what we have. And so we have these propensities and tendencies though so it's good to maintain that muscle though keep it going whatever you do that's right if you don't train at all you're going to become weak no question we don't want to become weak at all we want to become very very strong and so let's talk about the smooth muscle now because the smooth muscle is a little different than the skeletal muscle but it's nonetheless very very important yes and we talked about smooth muscle is involuntary it's not striated there's no sarcomere, so there's no striations or band-like stripes, such as skeletal muscle. It's divided into two subgroups. You see a single unit there and a multi-unit smooth muscle. Smooth muscle cells are spindle-shaped, and they have a very uh, one single centrally located nucleus. They're called involuntary muscles. They're found in the walls of hollow organs including the stomach, the intestines, the bladder, and the walls of passageways such as blood and lymph vessels, and even in the tracts of the respiratory, urinary, and reproductive systems. In fact, in the eyes, the ciliary muscles is a type of smooth muscle that dilates and contracts the iris and actually alters the shape of the lens and how much light that eye is going to let in. In the skin, smooth muscle cells, such as those that are in what's called the erector pili, actually make the hair stand on end in response to cold temperatures. Or fear. Or fear. <laughs> so single unit smooth muscle, commonly called the visceral muscle, is in hollow organs. That multi-unit smooth muscle is found mostly in large blood vessels and airways. There you go. Smooth muscle is important. We'll talk about that later on we talk about the heart because it has a bunch of smooth muscle. A um, couple little kind of ideas of definitions here for you. So if you think about 
like all muscle tissue, the function of smooth muscle is simply to contract. And this image above shows how actin and myosin fibers shorten effectively to shrink the cell. There you go. So now we got a little definition of that. Now, the smooth muscles can also be divided into different types. And really, you know, when you look at the different types, you kind of see relaxed and contracted here. But a little yeah. bit more explanation, sweetheart. Yeah, and where are they? They're they're in the walls of hollow visceral organs, the liver, the pancreas, the intestines, and they appear spindle-shaped uh, and are also involuntary. You can see when they're relaxed or long, when they contract, they shortened. And those are due to the filaments that are actually inside of them. And smooth muscles compose of sheets of strands of smooth muscles. And these cells have fibers of actin and myosin, which run through the cells and are supported by a framework of other proteins that aid in their contractions. And notice you see there in the cells, there's a nucleus. And so well, going back to our, our basic idea of the formation of the organ is that it's got a bunch of cells that have nucleuses in them or nuclei, and then has a, a a bunch of them bonded together, different types to form different tissues. In this case, it's a smooth muscle uh, tissue, which happens to be a connective tissue. So now we talked about that. I think it's time to look at the uh, kind of a unique one that we, we all understand is going to be this idea of cardiac tissue. Cardiac tissue is something that we would have really around kind of the heart and the heart muscle. And again, we'll talk about the heart later on in a future episode, but this smooth muscle is really important around the cardiac. Yeah. Smooth muscle is the type of muscle tissue mm -hmm. is held together with connective tissues. Yeah. And smooth muscle, you know, the intestines are close to the cardiac muscle, which sits in the center of your chest. And the cardiac muscle is unique in that it is also involuntary and it's got its own little pacemaker inside of the cell that is what helps your heart pump blood. So cardiac muscle tissue is only found in your heart and it works to keep your heart pumping through that involuntary action. This is one feature that differentiates it from skeletal muscle tissue, which you can control. The cardiac muscle does it through those specialized cells called pacemaker cells and these control the contractions of your heart. So here goes the heart. Let's talk about what's unique about cardiac muscle. It has the muscles are a branching morphology and have a presence of these intercalated discs found between the muscle fibers. Another distinct feature is that they have their own rhythmicity, unlike smoother skeletal muscles, which require nervous input for contraction, the cardiac fibers actually have their own pacemaker cells called the sinoatrial node. That's number one there on the slide. The SA node that spontaneously depolarizes. And it's in the wall of the right atrium near the opening of the superior vena cava. Now, when you say depolarize, explain that to our, our folks. Well, it's like an electrical charge when, the, when uh, certain ions cross over the cell membranes, it causes a depolarization, which creates an action to go from the SA node. It's then going to go from the AB node there in the heart. Then it's also going to travel down through that septum that separates the two chambers. You see that it's called the atrioventricular bundle or the bundle of Hiss. And then it actually triggers it up both sides of the ventricle. It's those yellow lines that you see in that heart 
there that actually create the contraction and the rhythmicity of the heart. Well, the heart is super complicated, but it also is reason why it's so darn important because man, without the heart, we are dead. <laughs> so let's keep all that in mind, folks. Um, boy, this is a lot of information we know, but we want you to understand the awesomeness of God, how he created us. I use that story at the beginning of our show about how, you know, with the, the little cell deciding to grow up fins one day. Uh, honestly, that's not how it happened. God made everything in a unique order. And so this order is being played out and laid out and explained throughout this series called the Life Series. So we really, really hope you're enjoying this. We'll pick this back up next time. Anything you miss, go back and listen to those previous episodes because they're super important. Because um, when you start putting it all together, um, you just uh, want to take better care of this thing called the temple, right? That's right. Yeah. Do things that do a body good. They will help your long-term longevity so that you can continue to spread hope, health, and healing to the world. All right. We'll be a hope leader. We'll see you next time. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.